more shenanigans. We're back and, and better probably than more ever. poo talk. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's a lot of bowel movements we need to discuss. Oh. We've probably had a lot in the last week. One of mine was poo knife worthy, I'm just saying. Whoa! Is that an overshare? We're kicking things off. <laughs> real classy. I'll say no more. I'll say no more. Don't worry. <laughs> Welcome to episode 209, everybody. This is exciting. Welcome, I mean, welcome, welcome. for sure. It's actually raining in LA. I love it. Maybe that'll make it spookier. Ooh, are we talking about spooky stuff? We should. Oh. Wait, let me see if I got mu- music for that. It's this. raining in Los <laughs> the- Angeles, and the scariest things are the bad drivers. <laughs> you know, the sad thing about the scary music is that it just makes me laugh. Yeah, right. Like, it's ineffective. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I want to hear, first of all, I'm just dying to hear about this um, Ferrari you oh told me God. you rented. It was, a, it's a bad idea to rent a sports car with me. Why? I'm too much of a control freak. Okay, what happened? Let's and take me step by step. So, we you rented? Ha- yeah, so we were like, we're going to Palm Springs for the weekend just to get away. And you have two cars. Yes. You own two <laughs> cars don't. already. But Landon had met my husband and made a, a couple like wine trades and and given some wine to, I guess, one of the guys who either works at or runs the Ferrari dealership down in Newport. And uh, one thing wanted, led to another. He wanted to cash <laughs> in on the favor and was like, hey, let's take a sports car out there for the weekend and drive real fast and blah, blah, blah. None of those things I want to do. Right. I so hate you were everything like, whatevs, so, whatever yeah. makes you happy. I was like, sure, that whatever, yeah, whatever makes you happy, you can do that. We get in the car. And first of all, I'm so nervous for a million reasons. <laughs> but and you did specify to me that this was a silver vehicle, not yellow yes, or yes. red. I told Lana, I was like, don't get it wasn't like that's the, annoying. From an 80s movie. Yes. He wasn't like, it didn't come with like a soundtrack. <laughs> a mustache. <laughs> yeah. to the danger zone. And I was like, we're definitely getting pulled over in this. But my, here's the thing. My husband's track record with motor vehicles, not so good. Mm-hmm. He, what seems to be the problem? Well, <laughs> When we rented, now he's an excellent driver, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. but when we rented scooters in Thailand, he went off the road and scooter went over. Mm. (laughs) When we rented ATVs in Costa Rica, same story. And when he went on, and then I totally forgot about this one. He just has like a lead foot? I I don't, I, I don't know. It was like, I, I think he... Is I think he maybe he's too cautious and and you know how sometimes you gotta like zoom to get out of there out of the you know trouble yeah. the danger he, zone he if stutters. you will yeah that's my biggest pet peeve on the road is you like got, you, you go gotta, where you, you don't go, go where you don't you gotta go and I think he goes when it's his car but when it's like a something that he rented or whatever he does like you know there's a mm-hmm. little like extra second yeah and then when we he uh, he what would you call it? Captained, manned a boat. It's just this little like like a dinghy <laughs> around the harbor. Uh-huh. And I remember turned a, a knob too far in a direction and the knob came off in his hands and the boat was going around in circles without a, a, a lever to, to 
control it. Like the lever that he, it was something like out of the Griswolds. Like the thing that he should be holding on to to steer the boat was now a broken off and in his hand. <laughs> and he had like a nine-year-old on the boat with him who just looked at him like, what have you done? Like, that would be scary. And so in my head, I'm thinking like, oh God, this is going to end up like this. Or I've never, ever been in a vehicle that's like a fast, speedy car or vehicle or whatever, like motorcycle with a dude who has not done something that made me feel dangerous, mm-hmm. like at risk, mm-hmm. who hasn't like taken a turn too fast because it's cool. Or like my brothers all do it. My, I mean, every guy I've ever dated who drove a motorcycle did that. And I hate that feeling. So the thing that feels really fun for him is the thing that puts panic, fear, and terror in coursing through my veins. Yeah. So how did it turn out? So panic, fear, and terror coursing through my veins, as I one would expect. So I. So was he just, was doing this stuff on purpose. No, no. I mean, and he wasn't even doing. I think he like barely broke the speed limit. I think maybe he went a hundred like once. Whoa! But I was just not. I mean, I am like a cautious Karen out there. Eight. You're telling me that you're you went above a hundred miles an hour. Yes. And you don't think that that's a big deal? It's a huge deal. I hated it. I hate that kind of crap. Hmm. I don't approve of that. And so every single turn, Tom I was like, <gasps> and I just could not relax. And you should have seen me drive. We, we took the, you know, the back road where it was all windy roads and it was raining. And I was just like, like a cat in a bathtub, you know, when they're like just <laughs> on edge the whole time. That's like, so funny. That's me. I, I really could wish you had taken footage of this. I mean, event. I took a couple of pictures that maybe I'll post, but then I was like, you know, I mean, that's my. fantastic. And then every time we, I was like, we we don't need to race to the next stop sign. It's yeah, like that. that's always stupid. And then you know, it's like everybody who drives past you has to be a dickhead. Like what it's, do they it's do? like sixteen, seventeen year old drivers who are like, like they have to zoom around you and be like, oh, I'm faster than you. I'm like, okay, this who I would who buys those cars? That's I don't get it. I don't get it either because I would not be okay with being with a man who was. A driver of a Ferrari. No, neither would I. Unless Kenolan drives a Ferrari. <laughs> In which case. <laughs> but I don't him. think so. I just don't think I'm no. the, into that kind of man. No, I'm like more into like the slow and low driver. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Just ride, it's like low riding and slow For moving. real low riders? Well, not like, like that, but yeah, kind of like, like, you know, just like chill you have to chill out. What about pickup truck guys? You into no. that scene? No. Really? No. Were there ridiculous where I need like a step ladder to get in? No, not necessarily. Just like the working what, man. Is he working? Yeah. Okay, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Does it serve a function? <laughs> right. If the, if the Are you? My husband like saw the a commercial with like one of the, a Raptor that that truck that's a hideous monstrosity of a vehicle, and it oh, was yeah. some football player. Oh God, I'll never remember who. One, I think he's kind of dumb, and he was like selling them and i'm just like now you want one of these for what are you what the fuck are you hauling he what means you put the christmas lights up this is I mean, not like, the car for him truck. what are you gonna be trucking <laughs> you're ridiculous god your suits when you pick them up from the dry cleaner i'm sure <laughs> that's hilarious to picture <laughs> Rucking around in suits. God. Right. I mean, I love him yeah, to death. Yeah, going to pick but... up your ass, God. Yeah. Uh... 
get the cleaners. Okay. Uh, well, one thing you should never do is drink and drive. That's for sure. But you can drink and podcast. Thank <laughs> In God. In fact, I recommend it. <laughs> In fact, there's really no other way to do it. Right. What are we waiting for? We aren't because today we're drinking Bright Cellars, which is our favorite wine subscription company. And it's so fun because these MIT grads made this awesome quiz you take. Mm, love it. You can uh, go online and you take this real quick quiz about the types of foods and drinks you enjoy. And then they will send wine to your house that is designed to make you happy. Mm. And so it's really a fun service. And they have this whole algorithm that guarantees you're going to get some yummy stuff. And it's just really fun. And they've offered our listeners a deal. And I love a deal. You go to take the quiz to see your wine matches, and then you'll get 50% off your first shipment at brightsellers.com slash brain candy. That's brightsellers as in winecellar.com slash brain candy. And um, I think it's really fun. They have great customer service, and you can learn a lot about wine besides like, oh, that's a cute label. (laughs) So give that a try. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of wine, yes, I read a study that was in the Journal of Agriculture and Food. I didn't actually buy the Journal of Agriculture and Food. Imagine if I did. I it? just yeah. Right. Where did you see it? <laughs> no, oh, it was online, in like okay, online okay. thing. It's like right. some other magazine. Yeah, uh, I don't. I just wanted to put out there. They don't have a subscription to agriculture. And, <laughs> gotcha. Right. Um, but studies show wine is good for your the health of your teeth. Okay. It says this is not true. It says that it reduces the bacteria on them and prevents gum disease like gingivitis. All right. I can see the the Mm -hmm. essence of this Mm -hmm. because that's what Listerine is made of is alcohol. But I mean, there are other here's the problem (laughs) with this alleged. You'll die of liver cancer, but your teeth will look great. But what about the acid? Because that's the problem Ooh, with question. the teeth. Didn't say that in there. Weirdly, I read an article about how you would think red wine would be worse for your the discoloration of your teeth. <gasps> um, but it's actually white because it's higher in acidity. And to get rid of your enamel, I'm sure. Yeah, and it said that... Oh, but it's so say, good. I want it now. Let's say you have a glass of white wine yes. and then it's bedtime and it's time to brush your teeth. Yes. That brushing right after a glass of wine is worse. Well, that's the only time I do of it. Of course, <laughs> because you're br- the acid's working, and then you're like brushing it off. You're like <gasps> brushing your teeth away. Great. So really, we should just go to bed without brushing our teeth after we drink. There's some evidence to suggest. Okay. Well, this is just making my nighttime routine easier and easier. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Science. So I don't know, but so that's why I'm. I think your study there is dubious. Mm. I mean. Mm-hmm. What is, who's doing this study? Well, the Journal of Agriculture and Food. They just want you to oh. keep eating and drinking. Probably. I mean, they have, they're like practically lobbyists. Big, big, big wine, <laughs> big wine. <laughs> big wine. But hey, I mean, I hope they're right. Me too. I mean, good in what sense though? That oh, it kills bacteria. Yeah. Okay. And they can't, it can't stick to your teeth. The bacteria can't stick to there. That's great though. It's like a barrier. I'm into it. It's like a happy I think it's wine false, <laughs> but great. I was reading about, um, you know that cookbook, The Joy of Cooking? I sure do. I love it. It's one of the best, except I have a complaint. It does not have a recipe for t- tabbouleh. First of all, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Why? I really sometimes this show is so funny to me because you didn't know I was going to talk about no, the joy of cooking, but I just have that yet. Complaint. You have an opinion. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's so specific. Yeah, does not bring me joy. It has can not you, brought me joy recently. <laughs> the pain. It's the, the pain and frustration of not knowing how to cook this. Specific Refresh meal. my memory on what tabbouleh is. It's because you're uh, into that. Yes, scene it's and like I'm Middle not. Eastern. It's parsley. Uh, couscous. Why are you always already making well, a face? Well, it's in the cilantro family. Oh, yeah. You probably wouldn't <laughs> like it. Tomatoes, onions, and all like blended up in yeah. the food processor. And so it's like real fine. Okay. And um, then some lemon juice and olive oil and salt and pepper. And then what? You put it on a spoon and put it in your mouth? <laughs> yes, or does it go do. on bread? Like you a can non- like however you want to eat it. Okay. Yeah. And you were looking for a recipe for that five ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> dish i think you just gave me the recipe i was wondering if there are any extra like mix-in sometimes they say like you can add this and this joy cooking is real good like that yeah all right yeah is it because it's more american i was thinking that maybe that's it that it was it doesn't have you know it maybe has classical cooking like french cooking and italian cuisine but not Mm. Middle Not Eastern. your Middle Eastern fare. Right. Well, I was reading, the book has gone through so many different editions. And mm-hmm. as you said, it's a, it's a classic. It's a staple. It's a great gift and stuff. And some dude, there's this guy, I think his last name is Bessinger. And he is known for doing studies. He's from Cornell. And he does these studies on food that like tend to make headlines. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm always cautious of scholars who are really interested in getting a lot of press. Mm-hmm. And uh, this article was in the New Yorker and it was talking about how he put out this article that claimed that the, over the years, the joy of cooking's recipes have increased in calories by 44% oh. per serving. And he was saying, that's why we're fat. Like, it's not just it's soda. The and, are against us. It's, yeah. It's the, the joy of cooking, whatever. And so hmm. then they did the joy of cooking, um, or maybe it was a journalist, decided to do, like, let's find out. Yeah. And found that this guy had only picked, like, 18 recipes out of, like, 450. Yeah. And, um, mm. That he included, for example, they had a chocolate cake. That didn't indicate servings. It just had one cake. And so if you're counting Uh things like one entire cake, then it's going to skew your results. And they basically debunked this thing. Oh, good. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't know. I I stand by my study. (sighs) But I get the impression from the article that this is a guy who like purposefully... In fact... When they were doing the investigation on this guy, they found these emails where he was like telling the scientists, like, decide, just find some data that supports this claim. Yeah. That's not That's not science. science. Yeah. And so I think he just likes to get attention. Yeah. But why is he still being hired? Uh, I was just listening to a TED talk that was on pretty much the same subject where this guy, I was on the way here. It was like an NPR little thing on it. And he was talking about how, you know, big claims are made based on, you know, these studies, like something out of the agriculture and food lobby journal. (laughs) Big wine. Yeah, where it'll be the headline, the taggy, you know, like gimmicky, whatever, clickbait stuff that's like everybody wants to read. But then when you really look into the science of it, it's kind of like, 
Yeah, this is sort of boring. Yeah. And no real info. Well, and that's the thing about science is that generally speaking, it is very small progress day to day on very specific things. Guess what? Exactly what we thought. We still think. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, when there's this many magazines and outlets and news and they all want to have a story. Yeah. And so they, they're incentivized to then fudge the, I was thinking that, that one of the most beneficial classes I ever took was a research methods class where we had to, you know, really read the research. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, of why don't they have, they need to have news literacy classes. Well, that is for sure. Like in, or like just in, literacy. Yeah, or literacy. <laughs> just in, um, like, like in high school. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that you think they should pop into that old high school routine. Yeah. Like, you know, banking. I was going to just say that. Finances. Let's balance checkbook, but we don't actually need to do that anymore. Yeah. But just like the idea of... Budgeting. Budgeting. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But... God, we never did that. Nobody listens to us, though. No. You know what I mean? We have all these great ideas. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> Falling on deaf ears. Yes. Except the brain candy brainiacs, and they are already literate. I'll tell they are very literate. Yes. I'll tell you what is based in science though is beach body on demand mm. awesome exercise mm. programs yes. that use all kinds of amazing workouts to make your body stronger, fitter. Is that a word? More fit. More fit. <laughs> we'll go with it. And uh just in better shape, which is why I love it. Um they have tons of they have over 600 workouts. I do. I search by um, time length. I think oh, I told yeah, you. Yeah. You like a 12 like minute? The, yeah. yeah. T- 10 minutes is like yes. my sweet spot. I need to even get on that. Because then it's not overwhelming. Yeah. You can say I can do 10 minutes. Yeah. Or I'll do a yoga. They do a three-week yoga retreat. I'll do that to yeah. you know, just stretch and whatever. But they also have really intense stuff like P90X mm-hmm. and Insanity. Insanity. I mean, come on. It's in the name. Yeah. So whatever your fitness level, they have something for you. And... I do it every day. I don't even take a day off anymore. I just do it every day. It's just a part of my routine. I've lost eight pounds. Oh, your now. arms are looking so good. Thank you. I keep I'm staring so at you. Ha- <laughs> I wish. She's wearing less clothes I and wish. I just wear more. <laughs> um, no, I like I said before, I my intention wasn't about weight loss, but it was really just like let's get strong and feel good mm-hmm. and because the older I get, the grosser I feel, you know, yeah, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but I really want you guys to try it with me and see if you love it too. Right now, our listeners get a free trial membership. So you get access to the platform when you text brain candy. It's all one word, no spaces to 30, 30, 30. You get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts. And then they have nutrition information as well that you get for free. Just text brain candy, all one word to 30, 30, 30. And uh, let me know if you like it too. We can like hold each other accountable. Oh my God. We'll be those people. Look at you. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I interrupted you. Did I? No. All right. I don't think so. Um, if you follow me on my Facebook public page, I posted this really cute video, a four minute short film of called Wendy Shabbat. Hmm. And these old people in Florida, there's probably about 15 of them, meet every Friday at Wendy's for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And it actually made me tear up. Oh, is Wendy like a lady's house or a restaurant? It's the restaurant. Oh, like Wendy's, like Wendy's. The fast food oh joint. Oh, my gosh. 
And they're like, really? They said they were sitting by, I think they all live in a retirement community. They're Jewish, obviously. And they were sitting by the pool one Friday night and they were like, we didn't have anything to do. We didn't have anywhere to go. And we were like, why don't we have a proper Shabbat, but like, let's do it at Wendy's because it's four bucks and you get all this food. (laughs) And it brought a tear to my eye because that ritual is so meaningful and to see how they support each other and they know that every Friday they can count on coming Mm -hmm. together and breaking bread or bun. And, um, (laughs) you know, just, um, I think that that kind of a ritual is very powerful. Yeah. And to have something every week is like, yeah. And the fact that it's at Wendy's, I love, they call ahead and they reserve these tables and then they, and the guy, the manager at Wendy's was talking about how they all have their very specific things. Like the one (laughs) once is fries. Well done. And stuff like that, which is so classic. But it was really great. And I, I'll put it in the newsletter because if you watch it, I think you'll really like it. And it's only four minutes, so yeah. it's not like a long thing. But I thought that's really beautiful. It makes me want to be a Jew. We need more stories like that. Yeah? You mean news. on our show? Oh. <laughs> on our, on, on our show, just in life. Yeah. You got to seek them out. Well, and that's kind of like one of the Blue Zone things where if you honor your elders and if hmm. you pay attention and don't, um, you know, just hide them away, then it increases the lifespan of the community. Yeah. Well, um, these folks were all old, but I, I don't know, I, probably cause they do live in a retirement community, but like you do think a lot about how a lot of older folks are very alone. Yes. And how, if you have something like that, maybe you could invite one because you know, then they would have somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, cause that would be very sad. Oh my God. What I posted a picture of my grandma cause it was her 99th, yeah. well, was, well, her birth anniversary, yeah, her birth anniversary. Yeah. But and she's passed. She's passed. And some people who listen to the brain candy podcast and follow us on social media were people who worked at her old people home. Oh my. And they were like, she was a really nice lady. And well, I was like, you're so nice. That's <laughs> obviously beautiful, but yeah. that scares me. <laughs> Do you think that they also watch your Insta story? Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Also the spin instructor at the, where do I go? The country club that, where I live. Good. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> she, uh, shout out to the spin instructor. <laughs> she, somebody randomly came up to me and was like, Hey, she told me that she listens to your podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. No way. Yeah. yeah. So I got to. Good Lord. You we know. can't think about that. I can't. It would ruin the whole vibe yeah. if we really thought people listened. <laughs> that we know. I'm like, uh-oh, the person at the grocery store totally knows about my poop knife. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I don't have true. one. I she don't does. have one. She wants I one. I don't. I don't want one. <laughs> um, okay. I have one for you. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going to actually let you guess. What oh, do you okay, think okay, is okay. the trendiest mm. woman's name in U.S. history? Linda. Did you already know that? No, but I just guessed because we always say, sorry, Linda. Yes. Is it Linda? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, she read the same article again. <laughs> no, I didn't. I totally guessed because it's like the kind of lady who like, is, lady. there's always a Linda. <laughs> At your office, and then it's always like, Linda, Linda. and HR. Yeah. <laughs> you know that she probably had, like, parents who wanted her to be trendy, so they picked that name, and then, mm-hmm, it's a whole thing. Well, that is the whole thing with trendy names in general. Right. Is, it is 
actually. Like, uh-huh. or unique names, as, yeah. as they often say. But th- I thought this was funny because a Brainiac posted oh it God, because we always apologize to our one listener who doesn't like when we swear, Linda. And, um, <laughs> but I actually found the, the article to be interesting. So here's the scoop. Linda, mm-hmm. I should put on my history music. Yeah, yeah, history of Linda. Yes, Linda peaked in 1947 that was the year that like the most lindas were coming out of vaginas (laughs) (laughs) and uh, the weird thing is it was due to this song that was written called linda and the song was weirdly written about a baby girl who was a friend of the singer who ended up being linda mccartney oh wow and so she was this one-year-old baby that the song was written about. And then coincidentally, she went on to marry Paul McCartney. That's crazy. It's like she was supposed to be part of the music industry. It is really weird. But that song is what really made people love the name Linda. And then at that time, 5% of baby girls were named Linda. That is a lot. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. 5% of baby girls born at that time were named Linda. And then... Let me turn that off. Then other trendy names that they mentioned were Brittany, Deborah, Shirley, Ashley. And these were, the, this scientist I had a, name um, stuff. yeah, he had a formula for figuring it out. And it was based on like how many people were named that name, but then for how long of a time. Because if, if it's for a long period, right. that's not a trend. That's, you know. Oh, like, a popular name. Just to, yeah, it's a classic, could, yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Um, were there any names like that that were thrown out because they were just, no, it just was listing like what he ranked on that, his scale of like, what was the trendiest and Linda was the most trendy. God, I can't believe I guessed that. I I knew I was in your brain for a second there. I would think maybe like another one would be like Kathy, you know, it really had a run. She's the other lady in HR. (laughs) You know it. She, oh, she has Why passive aggressive notes on her yogurt. That's <laughs> like say Angela like, on the office. My yo- Kathy's yogurt. Oh. Do you know it? I don't even know really. No, any I Kathy's. don't. I had a friend named Katie in high school, but I insisted on calling her Kathy. Oh my God, that's <laughs> the best. Do you think she grew up to put notes on yogurt? No. <laughs> but like, I just thought, because her name was Catherine. Cat. And she went by Katie. It oh, was like, have, who are you No, pulling? it's Kathy. <laughs> oh, Kathy. <laughs> but you're right. She's baby got names. definitely a collection of sweaters <laughs> with stuff embroidered on them. It's oh, weird, though, God. how you, when you have a name, which is just a name, but you can imagine that person. Oh, like so hardcore. Yesterday when I was at the dentist, my dentist was like, you know, you never meet a mean Susie. You never do. And that's a weird thing because I'm sure there are, I but wonder, like nobody thinks there are. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you don't think of Susie's as being mean. No, they're nice. Who, what's a mean name? Oh, a mean name? Bridget. No, I don't know. Bridget. Somebody's going to write to me. I don't want to deal with mm, it. No, Bridget, Bridget's not too bad. All right. What's a mean name? I'm then? trying to think of a mean name. I think Ed Ashley is a mean. Oh, we're thinking of different types of mean. You're yeah, thinking of like mean, mean girls. girls. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're going to have a lot of Ashleys that are not going to appreciate that. 
I do this think that's is, a very pretty name. This though. is the what does Sarah think is the mean name game, not <laughs> well, who's actually mean, right? Right. Yeah. So that was my guess of names. See, another trendy name I think of is Lisa. You don't meet any I like, new Lisa. I, I love the name Lisa, though. Yeah? I, like, would, I think it's cute. Like, if you were going to have a girl, would you think, oh, and Lisa Patterson? No, I wouldn't, <laughs> but I think it's a cute name. And then, like, a guy's name that's went through a minute where people did it, and now nobody would ever what? name their kid? Gary. Oh, Gary is a horrible name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nobody oh, would ever get pregnant ringing. right now and be like, Gary. You know what we're going to call him? Gary. 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 What's Gary Butler? Short for or what's like, Garens? No, is that it? <laughs> no, oh, it's not it's short. Like Terry, no, like Larry Lawrence, <laughs> Larry Lawrence, Gary Garens. Um, no, I'm not short for anything. That's what's kind of crazy. Gary. Garrett, I suppose. My Gary's an unfortunate name. <laughs> I mean, unless your name's Gary, in which case, I bet you're a cool dude. There's no Garys listening to this. If your name is Gary and you're listening right now, please write to me or Delia. <laughs> oh, God, I'm that's still funny. I'm trying to think of some mean names. Well, you know what else is really popular, though, is yeah. really good sheets. Yeah, tell me about it. I cuddle up in mine every night. I just cannot say enough good things about Brooklinen, which is uh, our favorite sheet company. And... I can't, I act, I so I just bought a bunch of them, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Adam's gonna love these, and I was gonna do because I saw one of our listeners did polka dot with stripes. I love it. Like polka dot pillowcases with striped mm-hmm, sheet. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is adorable. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I got the pinstripe sheets, and my husband's like, oh, it's causing my eyes. Like what? It makes me feel dizzy. Oh, because like, the sh- so stripes stupid. are too close together. Yeah. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I was like, oh. oh boy, I'm not consulting you about sheet patterns. No. I'm not doing no. it. No. But he actually grew to love them, but it was I'm just sure. his first, like, I don't know if my oh, eyes can take, oh, stop they're, it. They're more. <laughs> they're so soft and really cool. And like I said, you can do like mix and match to, uh, patterns, which is really cute. It's founded by this couple who were like, let's get really nice luxury hotel sheets, but not make people go bankrupt to buy them. And they won the best online bedding category of good housekeeping. They're just really, really wonderful. And they're, they're underpriced. You have to try them. Go to, wait, let me, let me give you the scoop. So, um, brooklinen.com, that's where the exclusive offer is for our listeners. And you get 20 bucks off and free shipping when you use our promo code brain at brooklinen.com. They're so confident that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BRAIN at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BRAIN. They're the best sheets ever. They're the most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on, and I love a deal. So give that a try. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Linda, we can move away from that conversation. Oh, man. That made me laugh, though. There are a lot of songs with the name Sally in it. I only know one. Eric Clapton's Lay Down Sally. Then there's, um, there are a lot. 
<laughs> you can't name yes, one. Yes, I this can. Is the best. First of all, why are you announcing this? I was just thinking that there are a lot of names there because one time I was thinking about I like oh I'll make a playlist for my mom with all the songs ever naming it and there were oh a Mustang ton. Sally Mustang Sally okay. then there's um oh there's another one that I just was listening to the other day that has the name Sally hers would be considered a trendy name. Because it had yes. a moment and then it's over. It should come back. I like. That I name. bet it will. I think it, it will seems too. like one of those ones people are going to get yeah. into again. Like, yeah. you know how they're naming kids like old people names yes. now. Yes, Eleanor is like climbing the ranks. Yeah, a lot of those. That's grandma's name. Yeah, I noticed though in your Instagram that she spelled it weird. E l i n o r. Yeah, the i is unusual. Oh, they do e l a. Yeah, yeah. N-O-R, yeah. Right. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Wonder what Just a surprise eye. She keeps on her toes like that. <laughs> like, surprise! Here's an eye. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird how naming kids is so fraught too. Like, what does that mean, fraught? Like you don't want it. it there's a. It's loaded. Oh like, my you don't god! Tell me about it. Complicated. Sure. You don't want to tell people like. Everybody's wh- got an opinion. And it's based on like, well, I knew a Gina and whatever, right. and yeah. she was mean and yeah. It's not based in like anything actually yeah. about the the sound of the name. Anyway, uh, what else did I want to talk to you about? Um, oh, there was this cool article I read about a a guy who owned a restaurant. He was a black guy, and he decided he was going to charge white people. Oh, I saw this thirty dollars yes. for a meal, and people of color could buy the meal for twelve dollars mm-hmm. a, uh, a meal. What do you think about that? I, I think it was interesting how because and then he told the people of color who bought the meal that if they wanted to they can collect money later from whatever they made, um, whatever the difference was that they made from the meals that white people purchased. Yeah. So it's basically like a, a redistribution. Yes, redistribution of wealth and how many people of color turned down getting the money. Yeah. And then how many white people were okay with taking, like with, you know, paying more. It's so interesting. But the weird thing about it is that like when he would offer them the food, like the white people, yeah, he'd be like, um, that's 30 bucks for you. But yeah. if you were a person of color, it would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah. Like the white people were like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most That's of them. That's what I was saying. Some I'm people s- were mad, but. I wouldn't have been. I've been like, yeah, yeah. Take more from my money. We deserve it. And then some people of color were like, no, it's okay. We have good jobs. We'll pay the. Yeah. And he was like, nope. No, you're not allowed. What do you think of that? What do you think is, I mean, what do you think his. What do you think he was trying to get across with that? Or what do you think that shows? I think he was trying to demonstrate the imbalance mm-hmm. and that even if you are a person of color who has a great job and makes tons right. of money, that you probably would be making way more if mm-hmm. you were a white guy, mm-hmm. you know, because you had other challenges that mm-hmm. white people don't. Yeah. So you still deserve a break. Yeah. I so. think that, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I mean, it's a cool sort of social experiment. And then he did, he didn't make any extra money. He gave it all away, as you said, and mm-hmm. redistributed it or at least offered to. And I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah, me too. Um, 
But I, I wasn't into the cuisine. I forget what kind it was. Yeah. I was like looking at that too. I'm like, what kind of food are we offering here? <laughs> it was from some country. Was it Haitian? I want to say it was something like Maybe. that. Maybe. And th- that was another part of it that he was ta- talking about the racial disparity from that country, I think, yeah, as well. It might, I, that, that brings us like, but I could be just making that I mean, up. I'll pay 30 bucks for a meal, but not. What I don't know. That's <laughs> my like, only where, problem what are you with paying it. Thirty dollars for like Mediterranean. Oh. Yep, I'm in pasta, steak. Oh, okay. Surf and turf, <laughs> sushi. <laughs> real fancy. Yeah. yeah, you want to get your money's worth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we have a fun interview in this episode. I'm mm-hmm. excited about. And Sarah's in this interview. People don't like it when it's just me. I know, but it's me, folks. Sarah, you get both of us. It, it really isn't. A, a strategic thing it just comes down to when we can record right stuff. right we own there are only so many hours in a day people and i happen to live at where the, the microphone is <laughs> yeah. so it's a lot easier for me but luckily today's interview worked out so that we could both enjoy it um and okay so i want to know like what is the yes. deal with Mortified with my obsession yeah. with the show. Okay, okay. So tell them, tell them what it is. It's called the Mortified. Now, okay, Mortified Nation. Mortified is Nation the documentary. is the documentary, and then they have a web series. Not a web series. They have a, a series on Netflix that's called like the Mortified Diaries. I think, okay. and in every episode. They have a different theme, so it'll be like the mortified guide to sex and love, the mortified guide to like teenage crushes, and it's people who will get on stage in like a comedy club, and uh, they will read their diaries or stories or you know basically their writing from when they were in junior high, yeah, or, like years ago, yeah, and it is hilarious and heartwarming. I mean, so. Funny. It was one of my all-time favorites is a girl who's, you know, it's a lot of times they're like discovering their own sexuality. And so like they don't really know the words for things or feelings. So they just are writing what they think things are called. And one of my favorites is one girl who was really into Harry Potter and she was really into fan fiction. And so she was like, I'm going to write the best fan fiction story I can about Harry Potter. And then I'll get famous and people will like, you know, know me as the, I'll become the Harry Potter fan fiction writer. She was like 13 at the time, must've been 13 or 14. And so first she thought, okay, well, I know what I have to do. I have to read a whole bunch of other fan fiction and I have to see what are the main themes. (laughs) Well, it turns out the main theme in a lot of fan fiction is, uh, coming-of-age homosexuality stories. Really? <laughs> so she ends up Why? writing... I don't... Because I think a lot of times it, these fan fiction stories maybe, depending on what website you're looking at, <laughs> go to the more erotic <laughs> side of things. Okay. And so she ends up writing this story about, like, Harry Potter's coming out and his love affair with Ron Weasley and, uh, you know, one of the other kids. And it is absolutely hilarious hearing a 13 year old girl <laughs> describe what it feels like to be a homosexual boy. <laughs> and it just cracks me up and then they have you know like people who will act out each part and it's just so funny and it's so heartwarming because like we were all what's the there. essence of the the writings usually 
Oh, it's usually a lot of conflicted feelings. <laughs> there was, <laughs> was so another dumb. girl who said that she always had a thing for men in uniform. <laughs> but then went on to say that her idea of a man in uniform was the <laughs> waiter at Claim Jumper. <laughs> and the guy who ran the, the, behind, the back lot tour at Universal Studios. My God. And those are her men in uniform that she's in love with. And so she just like talks about it. She's like, I couldn't stop thinking of the man in uniform at Claim Jumper. My family was there again. I couldn't make eye contact with him. And just like the hot burning in her loins. <laughs> How old are, are most so of these? Great. Like 13-ish? I would say between like 13 and 15. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, conversations that... Uh, like chat room conversations and logs between two people that somebody had saved and it's like their weird conversations and it's just so we were all there once you know like I just was so awkward at that point in in my life at most points in my life but just (laughs) like extra (laughs) and to this day and to this day wow and it just made me like real like just think oh my god i am not alone in my awkward weirdness Mm -hmm. we all are think that we're just the weirdest yeah i want like as a parent i'm interested about like how to make your kid not feel no it's impossible why i don't agree at all i think they should go i did not have at that in me at all you didn't feel like you were awkward like there was i was if i look at myself i'm like oh you're disgusting and didn't you know look nice and all this but at the time i was like i feel great well that's really good but i mean you didn't have that like like i don't know if it's it's more like who am i yeah, what does it I, all mean? but I'm saying I want to gift my child with uh-huh. what I had, which is like a total sense care. of being comfortable with who yeah, I was. Yeah. But how do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not by calling him a dimwit and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you dig back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But maybe it's just who you are. I mean, I, I feel like my mom set me up perfect for... You know, confidence. Yes. Yes. And what happened to you? Who knows? It was <laughs> like I was too confident for. I. I think I don't know. You like need this perfect amount of confidence and also a lack of confidence to. You know, if you're too confident, the people are like, "Oh, you're a weirdo." <laughs> so I think I got flung into that category, and then <laughs> I was there for too long, and then I was like, "Oh no, I'm a weirdo over here." So yeah. Then you start self doubt and all that creeps in. Right. Well, I'm excited that one of the creators has decided to come on this show and sort of give us the scoop on how he came up with the idea and like why he wanted to explore this. And I mean, it's kind of bonkers, like just how it all came to be and, and how it's turned into this phenomenon. Um, With so many wonderful things that come from it. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. Because it does connect people. Because yes. most people have experienced Oh, my God. That. And, like, we'll play it in the background as, like, if I'm falling, or Landon's falling asleep and I'm still awake and I'll go to turn it off. He'd be like, no, just leave that on. He's, <laughs> <laughs> like, comforted by the stories of other weirdos. Um, well, let me take a break and see if you guys have tried um, the Ritual Vitamins, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. 
I am obsessed with them. I think I told you guys I have had horrible luck with vitamins in my life. And so I, they would always make me sick because yeah, stomach they smell and they, you know, they're gross. And I was so excited about these because they smell like mint because they have peppermint essential oil in them and they taste great. And so they don't make you sick also because they're time release. And so you don't have that nauseous, gross feeling. And they're perfect because they have all the stuff that you need with none of the stuff that you already are good with, whether it's vitamin D or omega-3, they got you covered. Um, and if you go to their website, you'll be able to see why they're so amazing and why I'm a believer. I'm never going back. They're subscription-based, um, like delivered that. to your door, and it fills the gaps in your diet with the best sorts of ingredients. So things that you're not getting when you eat, you can get through ritual and you can snooze your order. And so it'll come whenever you need them. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in health, do what we did and go to ritual.com slash brain candy. Your future, future self will thank you for taking ritual. Consider it your life long health 401k why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body go to ritual.com slash brain candy um all right let's introduce our guest who is one of the creators of mortified his name is dave nadelberg you can find him on twitter it's um at dave or you can follow uh at mortified and his website is getmortified.com. sarah says this show and the film are hilarious and heartwarming and connect all humans. So what is not to love about that? Let's welcome Dave to the show. So Dave, why is it? Tell me about how this all came to be in the first place. Uh, yeah. So Mortified began uh, 15 years ago somehow. Uh, I had found a love letter that I wrote to um, somebody when I was in high school. And you uh, never gave it to them? And I never gave it this oh love letter because I was a total chicken. And, <laughs> or a genius um, who foresaw like, <laughs> the future. For, for, exactly. Thank you. That's, that's how I'll frame it in my brain. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, my fear of like telling somebody and being honest and confessing something, uh, uh, you know, wound up kind of becoming a latent thing because it, Later, I, I wound up sharing that, uh, just not with her, with, with uh, you know, strangers <clears throat> when I created the idea, when I came up with the idea for Mortified. And so now there's tons of people with letters and diaries and all sorts of things that they wrote when they were teenagers, reading them on stage at Mortified. <clears throat> and we now have shows um, in 20 cities worldwide in five languages. We have this new TV show on Netflix. Um, podcast, etc. So do you think when people share these stories, or at least for you, it seemed almost like cathartic and that you, you kind of got something back from sharing something that maybe like the control was kind of switched. Do you feel like that happens for most people or is that something special? Like, you know, I don't know if the story was really intense or something. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, um, Reading something I wrote when I was younger, whether it's something I actually share on stage and mortified or whether it's something that I just, you know, share with a, a friend or something, it, it really informs me a lot about myself. Like it, it, it um, and I'm always fascinated by the power it has. Like it, 
it feels terrifying. It feels um, uh, humiliating in some ways. And it also feels liberating and cathartic because it's kind of like you're, you're just sort of owning up to who that kid was. And, um, you know, um, yeah. And, and so I think there's sort of a brazenness that, that feels uh, really like a, 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 a load is off your shoulders. I, I know you said you recently found something you wrote um, at least you, you mentioned that on Twitter. Um, did you feel that? Didn't well, you? You know, I was. This is what I was thinking with the, you know listening to a lot of the mortified stories on the Netflix documentary. Is I think there's a a, a certain amount of time that has to pass <laughs> where you know you you can't even be a little bit. I guess some of those parts of the story can't resonate too strongly with you because you're like, oh, it's like maybe I'm still kind of like that. But mm. if it happened long enough in the past, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm definitely not that weirdo anymore. <laughs> so there's, I think, some more freedom in sharing it. You know, like my junior high you know, diary I was flipping through and I'm like, oh, my God, I could definitely share this, you know, sap stuff. But then I was just looking at one from 2008 and, you know, I just think I'm like some poetic genius then. And I'm just like, oh, God, I can't definitely can't share that with anyone. You, you definitely were. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think would have happened if you had given her that letter? Oh, good question. Yeah. So my life would be very different. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be talking to you. I would. I would be. I would be on a different path. Um, oh. This is. This is the. This is sort of the neat thing about. You know, and I'm not. I'm not a big believer in fate, but um, hmm. I do find. You know, this idea. I love the idea that this stranger, who, who, by the way, has no idea <laughs> about any of this. Like, I barely know her. I know enough like i know kind of where she lives oh my god um, like meaning in what state she lives but i don't know much more than that and i love that this person has no idea that she inspired something that uh, not only changed my life um and, and has and has brought me a lot of joy and, and and got allowed me to meet a lot of really fascinating people but it's really <clears throat> um you know she inspired something that that uh changed a lot of other people's lives. People have met through Mortified, had gotten married because of Mortified, had babies in Mortified. I'm not in Mortified, but <laughs> as a result of meeting. Uh, we've even had people like get, uh, you know, do wedding proposals on stage um, oh, wow. because like somebody had seen, uh, you know, a couple of years ago we made a documentary for Netflix. Now And now we just released a new TV series on Netflix. But, the, but like somebody had seen the, the documentary and was like, oh my God, I want to, my girlfriend and I, that's what, it was their first date. And she and her girlfriend wound up, um, like she wound up surprising her girlfriend on stage at the end of one of our Valentine shows in Dallas. Um, and so stuff like that has happened, um, which, you know, has had profound effects on, on people's lives. And I, I just, I love that there's this mystery element sort of uh, fueling all of it, which is like that this, you know, this, what if I hadn't done that? And, who is that even? Who is that person even? You know? That drives me crazy, though. That I am fascinated by those choices that we make in our life, where in that moment everything changed. When you made the choice not to give that letter, your yeah. life completely changed, unbeknownst to you. That is so yeah. freaky. It's real freaky. I mean, it's and that's but that's the the way our lives fork. Um, and and mortified is very much about like 
who we are in our relationship to our past and present self mm. and the choices yeah. that we made that got us here. So it's like, you know, there's in, in, in third grade, had you chosen to sit at table number one instead of table number two, um, and if you had brought a Capri Sun to lunch one day <laughs> instead of bringing a bag of Fritos, which led you to meet your best friend because you traded lunch snacks or something like that, your life could have gone in a completely different way. And that's, that's really fun to always think about, I think. Do you have any favorite topics? You know, I love how you guys do, um, or at least on the, the series, they're, um, you know, different themes like family or love and sex. Do you have any favorite topics that you like hearing about? Yeah. So, right. So we have this new series called The Mortified Guy that's on Netflix now. And each each episode is broken up into um, uh, themes, right? And um, one thing that we didn't do in the series, um, but we almost did, is a theme that I love hearing t- uh, teenagers sort of wrestle with, which is religion and God and faith. Yeah. And... Um, I just find it fascinating when kids get philosophical. Uh, and we <laughs> That's what a lot of my doing, writing looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we wound up not doing it because we, we were worried that it would be a little too one note. Hmm. But, um, but uh, it's a note that I love. I, I, I'm really, I really enjoy hearing kids tackle big life issues. I also really like something we get to do in the, in the, in the, in the series is, you know, deal with everything from like, people reading aloud their teenage diaries that are, um, you know, like crushes or their first boyfriend or their first girlfriend or whatever. But then you deal with like, get to focus on some like pretty heavy stuff, like Mm -hmm. somebody dealing with wrestling with shame and their sexuality or their weight or their, um, friendlessness, their, um, sense of isolation. Um, at some point in one of our episodes, there's a guy who's paraplegic. Oh, I who, love that one. Who, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. And he just talk, and he talks about the, the importance of friendships and, mm-hmm. and how something that he learned as a teenager really, um, came, he came to help him when he went through a life crisis that left him in a wheelchair. And, um, so I like getting to tackle these dark things. Uh, through mortified because it's always we always do it through a comedic lens Mm -hmm. but even you know if we can make you laugh and cry that's my (laughs) you know that's we've we've done our job um do you how would you compare yourself to the guy that wrote that letter when you were young (laughs) um are you the same fundamentally yes and no um I now have back pains and, <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm in a Pilates class because of it, <laughs> crying every day because of it. Um, and, but, you know, he, yeah, I mean, we're, we're both the same mess of anxieties and um, confusion and frustration and self-loathing and all, all those things. Um, and then I also have a lot of advantages that he didn't have, which is time. And I know that things don't really kill me because, you know, Mm. I'm still here. And so like things, you know, you survive and, um, and that is something he didn't know. And so when I was a teenager and dealing with, you know, depression or anything like that, um, you know, it's hard to keep the world balanced. I think, I think it's hard to get a good perspective of the world. And I think at 43, which is what I am now, uh, I at least have that. 
I still might be a neurotic mess in other ways, but I, <laughs> I at least have that. What were you doing before all this began? Were you a documentarian? No, um, I moved, I live in Los Angeles and I moved here to, um, to write animated features. Like I wanted to be like a Pixar guy or write or work for Jim Henson. And I actually wound up selling a bunch of scripts and having a bit of success in my early twenties. And it was like, Oh my God, this is going to happen. Oh my, this, is, this is so exciting. And, you know, I went to Australia and shot like a TV pilot for UPN and it was like a big deal. And then everything imploded at once and i wound up this leads to mortified because i wound up in the ashes of that being very frustrated with the machinery of hollywood and being like i just want to do something where i'm my own green light one night where i'm not going to hear like some executives dumb notes that are <laughs> going to water down whatever project i'm doing and make me feel disempowered and and so i rented a theater and i just said you know i'm kicking around this idea for some love letter show <clears throat> which is the time I was calling crush nights. <laughs> and then at, at some point, um, so I rented this theater and at some point I figured out that it, it was more than love letters. It was diaries, it was poems and it was called mortified. And, um, but that, uh, out of that failure, out of that sort of misguided, you know, if I hadn't had that failure, if I'd had that moment of pause to go like, oh, I just want to do something where I make an audience laugh or make an audience emotionally react and I have the power to do it, if it, which I would have only done. I only did that because I had a moment of failure where I was like, I, I just have to do this. Mm -hmm. Had any of those, you know, TV shows gone, maybe I wouldn't be doing any of this, and I would have been on a on a different path. And oh, and you know. so I, it's such wonderful work. I mean, I have not watched a single episode without tearing up and like getting emotional. So I think there's a lot to learn from. That's, that's lovely to hear. Yeah. And I, I hope, I mean, our big hope with Mortified is we want people to watch it, but we want it to be an interactive thing where after you watch it, mm -hmm. you take it and you make it about your own life and you, and you share with your friends or you go online as, as you did. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you talk about, you know, some shred of your life or you dig up some artifact and share it with, with somebody in your life, like a, a poem you wrote, anything. It just, you wind up, it winds up being a very, um, if you share something you wrote and then have a discussion after it, where, and that discussion is basically what's similar about you and what's different about you, um, you learn so much about yourself. It's also a super good excuse to drink some wine. And, uh, <laughs> as if we need one. Right, over here. Yeah. As if you, uh, in fact, we just released a, um, we released a new book that's all about that. We released a, a guided journal. I don't know if you're into guided journals. Oh, but she's um, into guided journals. <laughs> oh, sweet. So we have a book called My Mortified Life that is, um, and the subtitle is a guided journal to help you gauge, uh, you know, how much you've actually changed since childhood. Huh. So literally cool. the book is filled with questions, writing prompts that are fun about a very various topics that are designed to make you talk about your life today, like... Um, you know, like, what's the biggest fight you had in the past year? You know, maybe it's with your friend. Maybe it's with your um, spouse. Maybe it's with a, co a coworker or, or, or some weird guy on the street who almost <laughs> hit you with his car, right? And so, like, why'd you get in that fight? And how did it resolve? Did it resolve? And are you still mad about it? All that stuff. And then you think, and then, on, so that's one page of the book. And literally on the adjoining page, it'll say, now think about the biggest fight you had growing up. Who was it with? How long did it last? Why did it, you know? Same I questions. need that journal. 
Yes, that's my mortified life. So, like, you kind of and then see at the bottom, yeah, you, you, you wind changed. up rating yourself oh. how much on a scale of one through five. How much? How much have I changed? Um, and at the end of the book, you can kind of average up all your points to determine. Oh my God, I am completely the same freak I was when I was eleven. Or... I wish she was so awesome. I so miss that's... her real bad. <laughs> now you were She's talking about you yeah. were talking about similarities and differences. You know, I I can't help but think. There's so many different people who are sharing their stories, but yeah. I'm so shocked that everybody saved their stuff. And like, is this just something that we all do or do you find a similarity or like a common thread? I would think women do, but I'm surprised that men do. Oh, I, I mean, it, it just seems like there are, there's such <laughs> a range of people and I would think it's a certain type who like documents yeah. all this, but... Well, basically, that. it is a type. It's the type of people that do save. You know, there's a lot of yeah. people who wrote stuff and then torched it. Yeah. Um, I'm a very, I think, sentimental person. or And so I think I have a hard time throwing things away. So yeah. I, I'm a saver of stuff. But um, there's a lot of people who aren't. Um, and uh, and you're correct. Women tend to be not just our audience, but women tend to be the people who sh- who, who wrote the most and who also saved the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so and, and when we get, and so, you know, uh, there are plenty of men in the project, but it's definitely, um, it definitely leans female. And, um, what's your deal? Are you single or what's happening? <laughs> where did, where did that come from? Well, I was thinking about <laughs> that lady that never got the damn letter. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, this is, this got is my away. weird, creepy, this is my weird, creepy, uh, like way to just like date women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you like seem so lovely. a 15-year game plan, long con. I'm hoping one day podcasting will exist so that a podcaster will try to set me up with her 15 years later. Um, uh, and by the way, not even 15 years later, because 25 years later. Uh, yeah, I have a girlfriend at the moment, yes. Okay. All right, all right. So we'll put that on the back burner. Yeah. All right, that's allowed. You just seem like you're so nice, and you're the you were the kind of guy that wrote a love letter and then yes. cared enough to save it. Somebody <laughs> ought to be enjoying you. Are you still writing love letters? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I, you know what? I don't know if I've ever written one and given a love letter. I think I have written like poems, like back in the day. God, what um, are you doing? But not, not that's not a recent thing. You know what I you know what I have done in, in more recent like adult relationships is probably like like songs or whatever. I'm a terrible okay. singer and I'm a terrible piano player, but I really like doing both. Oh, that's and okay. so I, I, we so many years ago. I love how this turned into like us putting his love life on trial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, has there ever been anything that you guys have done? That hasn't been um, put out into the ether or put into one of your documentaries or the shows that you remember as being really special, but you don't, that the world hasn't seen? Um, uh, you mean just like the, that we haven't been able to release for whatever reason? Yeah, that didn't make the cut. Well, some of the stuff that is in Mortified Guide, which is the new series on Netflix, was originally shot for our movie, mm. Mortified Nation. So, for instance, the, the paraplegic, he was actually originally intended to be the end of Mortified Nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a bunch of reasons, it just didn't work out that we we didn't use him. We used somebody else as the final story in that movie. Um, but we were like always knew that we wanted to use it. So 
there are definitely some things that we have recorded that, um, you know, hopefully we'd get a season two and we get to share more stuff with people. Um, but uh, there's specifically one piece by a man named Sean who, oh, man, it's so good. He, he, he recorded, this guy has a heart of gold. He recorded lip sync music video, like love letters to, to this girl. And he, it like, he like in these videos, like he has like short jean shorts and like a half shirt and like a mullet and it's Wisconsin in the 1980s. Oh my God. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible uh, to see his Sean's thing. But uh, unfortunately he's lip syncing. A lot of it deals with like him lip syncing to like copyrighted music. And the cost, the cost of us including him on a thing on on television or Netflix or whatever Netflix is uh, was you know more than our was more than our budget. But there's a silver lining to that, which is we recently got into the Sundance Film Festival, and while we were there, I said I really want us to do a live mortified show at the festival. But the, secretly, the real reason I wanted to do that wasn't for the, you know, cool factor of doing that. I mean, that was also part of it. But <laughs> I really just wanted Sean, who who had been cut from all things mortified, he happened to be a Sundance volunteer for the past 15 years of his life, which is the exact same time span that the show is mortified has existed. And I was like, if I can get him on stage to perform in front of all of his element, like he can invite all the Sundance people he wants and they can just see him shine and be a rock star on stage for a night. I will have done, I will have done whatever I need to do on earth. And uh, it happened and it happened. And, and he got this standing ovation and the head of Sundance was there and he invited him to perform at like the, you know, end of the festival um, oh God, staff great. meeting. And it was really amazing. Wow. It seems like really good things come from sharing your deepest, darkest secrets <laughs> with the whole world yeah, it's, on stage. It's true. I mean, and we get crazy letters from, I mean, um, we get, you know, really beautiful things. Like, um, this a woman wrote us the other day saying how she was watching our, um, our pop culture episode. Um, and the end of our pop culture episode deals with somebody who's coming out of the closet. And she said, you know, I was watching this with my daughter. And I've always known my daughter was gay. And my daughter looks to me and says, Mom, I have something to tell you. This is like right when they were watching it or right after. And she says, I like girls. And it was like this big, you know, here's somebody taking their truth. And and, and more important than that, I think, is, you know, they're having a, a, a she chose to tell her mom. And um, I don't know. I just thought that that was really nice. Wow. Um, and we, yeah. and we, we hear all sorts of, there was like. Yeah, somebody wound up, like, their diary got confiscated due to some, like, court proceeding and by the cops and, like, and, uh, yeah, we got some crazy letter that, like, somebody's somebody's diary wound up, like, getting held up and but, but listening to the podcast made them, um, gave them the courage to give their, oh, this is what it was. Somebody, somebody wrote in their diary about an affair they had with a teacher, mm. which... Um, but it was years ago and, you know, with the whole me too stuff and, and it was just sort of in the thick of all this. And she said, and she gave the diary, the cop said, you're going to have to give your diaries as evidence because it has pages in there that say you were, what you did with this, um, man who's, you know, and she was under the age of 18 and she said, okay. And she was originally terrified to do that. And she said, 
I didn't like the idea of giving my diary, my teenage diary. I already felt violated by this adult. Mm. And now I'm going to feel violated by all these like strangers in a police station. And she said, but in driving to the police station, which was like an hour away for some reason, she would listen to podcasts and her friends recommended just coincidentally the mortified podcast. Mm. So she's hearing people read their diaries. And she said, if they can read, if they can share their diaries with strangers in order to get laughs, I can do it in order to get yeah. justice and stop this guy from molesting some other girl. And Holy I was like, smokes. fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Right. Like, I, yeah. So I was like, okay, this yeah. was not the intent of mortified. Right. Um, you never know I'm how you're going to affect people. Yeah. And, there's and that's what really I'm saying about this. Helping people get through the like past trauma, things mm-hmm. that we've registered as trauma. Like if you look at it through, like you said, the lens of comedy, we can be like, okay, it wasn't that bad. Did you both write a lot of stuff growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like journals. Yeah, Sarah's ridiculous. I mean, then I'm like, what does it say about me that I threw away everybody else's crap <laughs> and just kept my own? As if I was like, you know, like <laughs> documenting my life. And then I, you know, come well, on. Well, it makes sense that you'd end up on the real world right. if you want your whole life documented, God. you weirdo. Such a weirdo. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be important one day. No, not at all. Well, that's funny. I want to know one last thing. Well, actually, sure. we ask everybody else. what they keep in the trunk of their car. So I do need to know that, first of all. Okay. So let's hear it, Dave. Is, and is, this, is this supposed to be a funny answer, like a dead no, body answer? No, it's supposed or, to be um, true. We just believe that there's some truth to uh, you, you are what you keep in your trunk. Yeah, it like represents where you yeah. are in your okay. life. Yes. I think, I think that this is very accurate. In the trunk of my car is the is a bike rack for a bike that I haven't used in two years. <laughs> um, but I'm convinced, like, oh yeah, but I just I might need you will. it. I might yeah. I might get back on but the I bike. I am a cyclist at heart. I might. It's all about potential. It's I all get about it. like believing like the narrative that you are a good healthy person instead of the guy who eats Doritos <laughs> on his couch all night. <laughs> right. Okay. That's good. I like that. And then I was just curious of all the words, why you chose mortified to be the emotion. I love that you asked that. Um, gosh, I think, um, I was talking with this woman who was a colleague at the, I was working at this company and I told her about this love letter show I wanted to do at some point. She says, oh, well, I found my diary, blah, blah, blah. And as she was telling me about this, I thought two thoughts. One was, oh, my show should not just be love letters. And the second thing was she was telling me about like, like she found it and she was mortified. <laughs> and, but I remember thinking, and she might've even said like how she, in one of her diary entries, something happened and in, as a teenager, she was mortified. And I kind of liked the double edge, mm-hmm. the double use of it, where it's like you're you're mortified looking back, but even if you're not really mortified mm-hmm. looking back at the time, you were mortified about everything because you were so dramatic. <laughs> so, um, and so I was like, oh, I like, I like that. That said, had I named the show now, um, I, knowing that so, had I known that social media would exist and be a thing that you have to search, you know, like mm-hmm. for. I wish I had named it like Mortified Nation or Mortified Guide or or Mortified with two Ds or something that was so that when you look up Mortified in Twitter, you only find my thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but instead, you find lots of people who are saying, I'm They're mortified about mortified. the government. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, well, I do love it, though. I think it's such a great and it, name. I love that it's rooted in the sort of the word that means to be human, mortal, and that, you know, we all share that same thing. I, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, and actually in San Francisco coming up uh, in a month, we're going to be doing a show. Uh, it's rare, but we're doing this whole death-themed show to raise awareness for this campaign that's all about, like, promoting, like, conversations about grief and, and, and like removing that. stigma. And so it's like diaries about death, but it's funny, even though that sounds not funny. Yeah. And one of the reason I like that is, like, the root of mortified is death, mort. Mm-hmm. Is, is it, it really means embarrassed humiliated to, to the death. point yeah. of of feeling of dread and death. Right. I love that. See, that's clever. And yeah, hashtags aside, it's a great name. Yeah. yeah Thank right. you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I hope you'll check out the, especially since you said you like guided journals. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. My Mortified Life, I think you'll learn a lot about yourself, but uh, definitely the Netflix series for, for those who are not uh, as... Uh, as ambitious to, to write. Yeah. <laughs> a diary right. Today. I hope everybody checks it out and yeah. I, w- I want to be your friend now too. Okay. Well, come to the show and we'll be friends. Okay. I'll put you on a guest list. My God. It's so fancy. <laughs> well, why don't we actually, what I would like to really do mm-hmm. is, um, we should like, if you have material from your past, we're always looking for stuff. And Count it's not in. an audition. Oh, yeah. We don't care about talent. We don't care whatever. We just sit down with you and right. we really help you figure <laughs> out what. Better. We just help you figure out what of your childhood writings is going to be funny to strangers. And so, you know, sometimes we're able to find enough stuff and, and we put people on stage. So I would I would love to. Uh, and if nothing else, like I said, it winds up being a very weird, cathartic, therapeutic thing. Yeah, well, we, we love need to that. sort it out. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Start looking through and, and putting post-it notes on the important yes. stuff. Because you're, you're in California, right? You're, yeah, you're yeah, in Southern yeah. California. Mm-hmm. Huntington Beach, something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're stuck with us. This sounds perfect. Thank perfect. you so much DSF. for talking to us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And uh, I hope everyone checks out your show. It's so fun. And uh, we're all, we'll all be mortified together. Yeah. And you can find it at getmortified.com or at mortified on Twitter. Right. Thank you so much. You're off the hook now. Excellent. Okay. Thank you so Thanks for chatting with us. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.